0: Welcome to Red Wings Red, where we're tirades and a passion, please for your Detroit Red Wings, right? Finally, have a home. That's the shirt I'm wearing? All right, yeah. I got my my pillowcase uh, jersey on. Mike's got oh. his Red Wings shirt on. Yeah. I have that same shirt.
1: They're really the Reebok one. Yeah. Oh I
0: man. recognize the the font, the because it's such a weird Red Wings font.
1: Um yeah, it might be see-through, so I hope it's I nice. don't get like a write-up at work um for wearing it all day today. Showing up uh, new- yeah. Welcome everybody. You got Jim Johnson throwing in happy
0: new year. Happy Jim- New Year, everyone.
1: Yeah. I saw uh
0: Greg Wasinski posted today that uh according to Larry David, this is the last day you can wish everyone a happy new year. A little bit of trivia there. It's uh Except January 3rd. Yeah. If I, I at first, if it was just from Washinski, I probably would have just rolled my eyes. But
1: if maybe, it was from our Lord and Savior, Larry David. Yeah. yeah Pooh Larry David. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I happily accept that as truth. Uh Jared has bounced away to go get one of his kids from basketball practice. Hopefully his
1: own kid. Yeah.
0: Pun intended. Yeah. Uh oh. Kids aren't happy. The the family we're trying something different today. As you know, Mike, we, I've uh woken m- up the kids a few episodes in a row. So it's not bedtime yet. So we're gonna push bedtime back and we're gonna Ooh. record now and see what mm. happens. Okay. Um bit of uh future programming. Uh Matt will not be able to record next week, so we'll be we'll definitely oh, no. be out next week. Matt is going to be on a, a work trip and uh phoenix so wish wish me luck for all mm. you wings fans out in phoenix uh hit Ooh, us up jim on twitter has... let me know where i should go take a take a bite uh, a bite to eat and eat to bite
1: jim is uh sipping on a cold one um jim i'm making i have a coke zero and then i made my um cinnamon simple syrup because they refuse to mass produce cinnamon coke so i'm making it myself and it is delightful it's really
0: good i i would say most underrated soda of all time i like that got me to the point where i was back addicted to soda where i had like sworn it off i was done yeah. like I, I i used to chug <laughs> dr pepper like crazy and i'm still able to push that away but if cinnamon coke came back i would be
1: oh yeah
0: i'd be back aboard 100 percent
1: matt um you're know, all going to be addicted to in the near future here is uh, I don't, I don't see a slide for it. Um, breaking news. Uh, Andrew Kopp was not a practice today.
0: Well, I mean, we could jump into the Andrew Kopp stuff first. Cause I saw he was um, trending on Twitter again today and uh, the conversation had been why you can't wave or uh, buy out Andrew Cop waving would be tough, it's a lot of money. He'd be saying goodbye to if you're hoping for like a, a Zadina type situation. Um, so, uh, well, this isn't the right slide, that's our standings. Um, I just it, it was something we brought up. Um, this was this was a week ago we were introduced to Puck IQ that had the um deployment statistic. And we were talking about Moe Sider, Jake Wallman. Also, very mad at everybody in the Discord who, like, the next day, they were like, Guys, check out Puck IQ. It's actually got some pretty cool data. And I was like, Guys, we just shared it last night. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, shared earlier today was uh, was Puck IQ and how uh, Andrew Kopp is deployed so often um, against elite talent. Um, so basically what I, what I pulled up here just to kind of say like, guys, I get it. He does get deployed against elite talent. So for everybody that's watching on YouTube, just want to call out that where you want to be on this chart is to the, as high as possible and to the furthest to the right as possible. Mike, if you had to look at this chart of Andrew Cobb, let's not talk about what the what the axes are yet? Let's just talk about how you want to be to the top right. If you had to kind of eyeball it, and my arrow is pointing at Andrew Cobb's circle, where where would you say Andrew Cobb's circle lands?
1: <laughs> well, it's uh, if it's on that side, Matt. That looks pretty good. I see Connor Bedard right there.
0: <laughs> also, uh, probably the worst name on the list is Michael Rasmussen. <laughs> if you look just to the, right below Connor Bedard is Rasmussen.
1: Um, so we basically have two Connor Bedards on our team. I yeah, that's no,
0: pretty good, one hundred percent. You nailed it. Uh, we're just yeah. as uh, defensively responsible as a rookie in the NHL. No, um, I mean Mike hasn't said it yet, but uh, Andrew Cop isn't the most. Uh, is not the furthest to the bottom or furthest to the left, but just to kind of call out the um, use. Of these deployment statistics and focusing on one area, this is when you take one extra step and say, sure, all these folks are deployed against elite talent. However, what are you bringing to the ice and what are you giving up? There's quite a few guys that do a little bit better than (laughs) NatureComp. I would say about 85% of this graph when comparing... um, Now, this is this is the Fenwick four percentage, but it's they've created on uh, Puck IQ, the dangerous Fenwick four percentage. Uh, Andrew Cops at 40.4 percent. You can also see if you go farther down the chart, a guy like JT Comfer uh, deployed a little bit more than our good friend Andrew Cop and comes at uh, a 45 percent. And, of course, Dylan Larkin is at uh, 50%, who's only a couple points deployed below Andrew Kopp. So, clearly it is possible. And what you're looking for, ladies and gentlemen, is some more balance. So, here's the thing. I get it. He's he's deployed a lot, and they, they want him on a defensive Uh, mindset first. I I don't even want to say he's on a defensive mindset. Where they trust him more is on the defensive side of the puck. But clearly there are quite a few more guys who could replace Andrew Kopp in the NHL who also face elite talent and do not just get absolutely dogged and stuck in their zone.
1: What did you say that uh, X-Axis was, the DFF?
0: That is the dangerous Fenwick 4. It's like uh, a dangerous scoring chance against. So those are... How many dangerous scoring chances are you putting on net compared to how many you're giving up?
1: Uh, I see a lot of Edmonton on the right side there, Matt uh, Nugent, Hopkins, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, McJesus, yeah. Um, it's my first time, uh, Mr. Hyman himself, and Drysital is kind of over there too. Are I we surprised that the it. so the time on ice against the elite players? Are we surprised that cop isn't higher? Like it looks like it's at about thirty-five percent.
0: Um, I believe you're right. I think you can actually see he's at thirty six point four percent. Oh, okay. Uh, a guy like Alex Weinberg is on this list too, forty four point one percent. It's just. It's just one of those things where it's like, I I get it. And the huge argument is how he gets deployed. But guys, let's let's calm down on how often someone's deployed and and look at the performance when they're actually doing it. And there are guys who also get deployed against elite talent. So it just uh, works out a little bit better for some than others. And um, I don't know. I, I'll say this this is all I wanted to say about Andrew cop because this was specifically a chart I saw pulled out on Twitter to say all of you who challenge Andrew cops skill are wrong I came to the same chart clicked one extra button and um, uh, hey here you go uh, for all of you listening who would love to continue to for some reason take Andrew Kopp up arms I know. to take to, to do the Andrew cop battle. Again, he's not the worst player in the NHL. That's right. Rasmussen. Rasmussen is.
1: Yeah. Nice. <laughs> no, um I guess it, it, we've been harping on cop, right? Um uh, it takes, you know, many, yeah. many 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 seasons to recover from core surgery, um as we've learned from Andrew Cop. Um uh, right.
0: we're in years we're decades away from complete uh repair of the core. Core recovery.
1: Um yeah, and <laughs> I uh Matt, it looks like this graph. Uh looks, you know, we basically debunked that he is useful.
0: And Dan, uh, just to reiterate, Dan asks, Dan BS, so tell me how this chart is supposed to make me feel. Um, it's supposed to make you feel sad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> feel sad, Dan.
0: Yeah, just what what you want, uh, Dan, are are, are folks who at least from the average point are to the right and uh, a little bit higher. And you're not performing as well when you're to the left and a little bit lower. And this is from a, uh, your, your defensive, uh, deployment. Any hoozles. All right. Um, I think that's enough cop dumping, but Mike, you, you brought it up. So I thought let's knock it out. Let's get it out of here. How about some good news? Oh, I like good
1: I think if I go No, I mean, just because cops, uh, you know, we'd be able to fill his roster spot if he's not playing with another uh, burger cameo. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, why yeah. not? I don't know how many more times I'm going to keep harping on uh, Jerry Lawler because, uh, hey, that's my pick. <laughs> yeah, that's my pick. <laughs>
0: now, when you said that, I, I was thinking that actually was your pick, Mike. You actually picked Axel Sandin. And uh when Jerry was doing that in WWE, he was changing what his Royal Rumble pick was every couple of minutes. <laughs> so I, I didn't know. Uh, I, I, I like, I like the sentiment, but I don't agree with you, Mike. You aren't Jerry Lawlering it. You, uh, fairly, and adamantly said over and over you wanted Axel to be a Detroit Red Wing, and uh, Mike. I pulled a couple quotes, and uh, this is. Shoot, I, I forgot who asked for the uh, the Axel episode a couple of weeks ago, but um, it just didn't make sense with all the turmoil these last few weeks. But clearly it makes sense after Axel puts in uh, a game-winning goal uh, for Sweden and the IIHF uh, uh, World you know, Juniors.
1: I, I missed reading these for a while because we've been so wrapped up in the Red Wings potentially being a playoff team. Like, I yeah. haven't paid attention to the prospects as much. But now as our season has kind of swirled into the toilet, I've you know gotten these articles by the Athletic back up. Um, they're really good with uh, like two fingers of neat scotch and then like a bottle of, you know, hand lotion, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, he's been really, really good this year. I mean, wow. Oh, I had Eric Carlson at the same age and actually he's a little bit like Eric. Oh, he's a little bit the same. Oh, if they make a mistake, they don't worry about it. They just keep on doing their thing. Oh, oh excellent. Very good. His ceiling, very high. His ceiling is basically like, he could be one of the best players in the world. There's a long way to go to become that, but he has all the tools. And then he falls asleep. And then uh, my favorite thing was that we asked uh, Pierre Johnson, an assistant coach focusing on the defenseman, with his team. I'm not going to let you guys hear me butcher uh, the name of that municipality um, about him, and he responded with, uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole. ooh wee (laughs) I love that. Red "Quote, Mister Poopy Butthole," uh, <laughs> the coach over in Sweden. Um, but yeah, basically saying that you know this isn't just him uh, spanking kids. He's gonna have a huge impact <laughs> on Detroit for the future. I really believe that. I think he's gonna be a difference maker in the NHL for sure. Um, this guy just can't stop scoring goals as a defenseman. Man, he's he's a machine.
0: Yeah, and we got uh, we have another set of quotes here, but uh or I'm sorry, these are these are some stats. So yeah. with the Skeliftia uh where he has 25 games in his post draft season, um uh, he has where where are we at? Uh to lead all SHL defensemen, um 13 points. Uh leads all under 19 SHL skaters. Uh you could see it before the SHL season even began in earnest in the three more goals and five more points he posted in the CHL. Uh, only one other under 19 defenseman has a single point in the SHL so far this season. The only other 18 year old defenseman who is a regular on an SHL club is Sharks prospect Ax- Axel Landon. So actually, we, we see what the, uh, um, the denominator that is there. Yeah. Um,
1: if you have a sweet name, you're gonna be a sweet player.
0: <laughs> uh, where are we at? Um, Sandine uh Pelica's nine goals are two back of the SHL record for an under 19 defenseman. And he'll have 21 games left this season to score those two goals. When he returns from the world juniors, Victor Hedman's points record for an under 19 defenseman of 21 is within reach. Wow.
1: Too. That's pretty cool. Um, uh, doesn't, well, they're saying that, you know, he's a hell of a point scorer as a defenseman. Um, as much grief as we give this current Red Wings defensive core. They're not bad at scoring, uh, you know, looking at Ghost Bear, looking at Cider. Um I was hoping to read just a few more details about him being a lockdown defender, but uh, I guess we don't care about stopping people. And the only way we're going to win is by scoring four goals a game. And this guy is definitely going to contribute to that.
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i i know i know it's a little tongue-in-cheek but you are you are right there i mean one of the things that was mentioned in the description of his play was like he makes mistakes but you know what? he doesn't even care about him because he knows he's gonna make up for him which here's the thing mike i i also just played the game of like uh I, i'm i'm ragging on andrew Cobb. so as long as i'm getting more offense than you're giving up um I would say, from a defenseman that we're looking to emulate, maybe an entire career. Uh, I don't. I don't mind that the conversation has gone to Eric Carlson, but um, also doesn't hurt to have Victor Hedman in there. But we know those. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple extra things that get tossed in with uh, with the Victor Hedman. conversation. Again, yes.
1: Thank you for mentioning the tongue in cheek. Um, I, uh, you know, we we know how much this team has struggled defensively, but. Yeah, feels feels uh makes you feel pretty optimistic. Oh wee! Thank you, Crimson, <laughs> Chatter, Crimson 94. My man.
0: <laughs> Jim thrown in there. Axel's had a great year at the SHL and juniors <laughs> tournament. Of course, uh Jim talking about Axel landing there. Uh just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, um series,
1: huh? makes you uh think about a certain Rose Bowl victory, huh? Yeah.
0: There was, there was one quote in this article that bothered me and it was, um, from one of the coaches and maybe if it wasn't in this article, it was another, but I saw it in the last couple of days in Sweden was, uh, yeah, he'll be ready for the NHL after another year in the SHL.
1: Oh, wait. Now, um, real quick, uh, some SHL propaganda uh, there real quick, Dan B saying, uh, Better know the folks at Grand Rapids will be enjoying Axle Play for the next three years. I'm it. <laughs> I am Dan.
0: Yeah, I. I mean, here's the thing that Dan actually brings up a good point because we were having these similar conversations with, uh, with Edmondson. <laughs> I mean, it was a few years ago that we were reading, um, mm-hmm. you know, similar articles about it. It was the the level of improvement that Scott Wheeler wrote about for for yeah. William Wallander. So yeah. it's like, these are all great words to read. I think, Mike, I'm going to steal from our old wrestling podcast and uh, kind of talk about the difference between reading this article and what it would mean if we were reading the opposite. And, uh, you know, Axel gets the puck and OT and trips and turns the puck over and the other team takes it down and wins. And the article is, yeah, I don't know if he should have been drafted to the NHL. (laughs) So here's the thing. We all need to be responsible here. We don't want to get too excited because we've been reading the same articles about our sure thing, Simon Edmondson and Dan B little tongue-in-cheek there with seeing him play in Grand Rapids for the next three years. Absolutely a little jokey from Dan B. But some realism to mix in here is just, I think the good thing here, the thing we want to take from it, is that this is the good article being written, not the opposite. Let's not get too excited. I think things look good, but they've looked good in the past for other prospects, so we need to be responsible. But also, this is cool.
1: Uh, one other cool thing that really made me laugh. Uh, Jared with an early bid for a comment of the episode. Tagging Crimson, who said, Love that Carter's been showing up. Finally, someone on this damn prospect pool does something that isn't named ED. Obviously talking about, you know, our boy. And Jared saying, I misread and thought I said a prospect that doesn't have erectile dysfunction. Thank you, Jared. <laughs> Appreciate it. And then Jim Johnson saying, Can you imagine if Lalone was the hockey version of Dan Campbell? uh we'd be having much different episodes uh because we'd be undefeated Jim
0: Yeah, I um I don't know if uh it makes sense to talk about it for for too long, but at least to the point of Dan Campbell, I I think Dan Campbell is such a special coach that he's going to take that Dallas Cowboys game for the uh for the Lions there and turn that into their guys, we can't have another game where it's a one-point score. You have to kill everyone we face in the playoffs. And I uh, I saw a snippet from Amon Raz, uh, the Sun Gods podcast, where he had uh, Hutch guest, and they were both just like, yeah, man, I'm ready to run through four layers of brick walls right now. Like, we're going to kill everybody. And uh, it's a hell of a podcast to watch. Probably not as entertaining as the Kelsey podcast, but... Um, like, that's the kind of thing that Dan brings. And um, I know right now we're not, like, writing off alone, but, you know, there's a part of you that imagines when he comes <laughs> in the locker room between periods, he just goes, <laughs> like
1: Nyeh! I mean, yeah, he waddles in all mad. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I know.
0: No, no, no. And we've seen him get angry, but... Um...
1: I don't know who's that badass coach we wanted last year from uh, the Europe League. What was his name Magnus?
0: That was uh two years ago. No, you're thinking of Hellberg. Um,
1: you know who I'm yeah. talking about. You, um, you had yeah, a really I cool know. Name. We'll you think know think of I the worst. Memory. We'll yeah, later. who cares? Um, uh, and then uh, another attempt at um, or bid, I should say, at comment of the episode. Uh, Crimson saying absurd sedina Zadina has ED at this point, and then Jared says Zadina is shooting blanks. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Jared, damn. Coming in hot. Two for two. Okay. um, But also, you know, besides kind of combating uh, the cop conversation that uh, was being had earlier, and um, I don't know, the more celebratory news that uh, Axel's just blowing up is like a national story. Uh, we also had the Red Wings uh, kind of oh. pause the plummeting, if I may. I, I don't know. Oh. It did, I mean, you kind of went like win-loss-win, so I missed uh, I missed last night's game. Had to watch a condensed version because Matt and the whole family have been dealing with the flu, so that was fun. Wow. Uh, but now we sit in the 12th spot, Mike, in the Eastern Conference. Um, <laughs> granted, you look at the 8th spot, two points out however with
1: three games in hand
0: yeah uh, yep that's what i was about to say you hit the nail right on the head there um a lot of games played mike and uh these are teams that uh more than likely will go 500 right or pretty close to 500 in those makeup games so it's it's going to take a bit a bit of a streak here to catch back up and we've gone through the schedule a little bit here to uh to try and find some wins and jokingly <laughs> uh last I just week feel really bad
1: i feel really bad about how much you had to stretch this graphic like it's basically <laughs> red wings, the red wings point in the standings it's like you had to get a slide whistle like i <laughs> just go all the way down to 12 um yeah, yeah I, I had to
0: that. i had to shrink the web page to 75 percent to be able to get that screenshot there and the red wings uh just, just 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 to make a relevant rectangle. Mm-hmm. This is this is officially the, the rectangle of relevancy, Mike. It's it's not at the 12. It starts at the 12th seed and you
1: work your way up. <laughs> yeah. Well uh-huh. look, it's
0: still it's still a respectable 526 point percentage, right? Like
1: that's and, not... and we still have a positive gold differential. Very true. Very so, true. You know, the capital is at negative 17. Ooh, don't like that. Islanders minus 10. I don't like that. So, I mean, you know, there's still some teams we can leapfrog there. Um, I'm not throwing Tampa in that bucket because they had that awful, what was his name? Jonas Johansson as their goalie, and he just let in like eight goals a game. So, once, you know, once things even back out with Vasilevsky, that's, you know, not that that's not going to be negative for much longer.
0: That's that's true, and and Jim does remind everybody, like like we tried there, that uh, the January schedule is very tough. Um, Dan B, the Wings are playing nineteen eighties hockey in two thousand twenty four. Now, are we hoping? Does that mean we're winning like six to five every night, seven to six? Is that is that the hope? Because because here's one thing I I did pull up for everyone is uh, our goalies. Um, these last couple of months. Alex Lyon, uh, when we were our most successful in November, uh, his goal saved above expected over five. In December, he was around a uh, minus three. Uh, James Reimer, he was in the positive, around plus one, one and a half uh, for everybody paying attention, uh, watching on YouTube. And uh, now uh, sits at close to a minus eight in December. And, uh, Vili Huso was a minus and a minus, but actually improved a little bit as, de- as the year went on, uh, was a hard minus and then, uh, got it pretty close to zero, uh, by the end of December or the end of his, uh, before his injury, the end of his campaign in December. Um, it's not great. And I, I, I think this is, this is to show that nobody's been too consistent for us. Um. I think even Lion last night did turn in a negative number um in, in, in the win uh versus the sharks. So it's uh January's not off to a hot start. We could have included that in there, but that's just a couple of days. So goalie's not doing great. I think this is a good representation that um, you know, with all the losing we do, um and I know this has been this isn't new, but our defense is a problem. I, I titled this episode Detroit Red Wings 2024 Hopes. I I gotta think I gotta think the hopes are either Lion can get back to what his Novembers were were uh numbers were, or uh, we're adding to this team because I, I know a lot of people have been uh saying on social media, do you really want to lose anything? That's in our prospect pool to just try and improve this team. Or Mike is the 2024 hope to just sneak in. To just get the goaltending to start to average (laughs) out, even out a little uh... bit. Or are we hoping to sort of force the issue here? Add to this team, make it a little bit better.
1: I got to say the best case scenario feels like sneaking in. Um, I mean, like, uh, not necessarily for the outlook of the team because it still feels like we're a couple high end draft picks away from like mattering when the playoffs start. I just mean, if if your ultimate goal as is Iserman, the GM, um, explaining to the fan base, explaining to his boss, the owner, things are going quite well, they're actually going quite well. Um, I know we give up uh, a crap ton of goals. And as our friend uh, who pays attention to the Red Wings Ramp podcast stated, uh, we really like the 1980s. A lot of good movies came out of then. Uh, Back to the Future, um, The Thing. Love those movies. Ghostbusters, um, 1984, right? Van Halen, good year. Um, So we're going to model our team after that. And uh, we're just going to stop playing any kind of defense at all. So I think we're right on track. (laughs) Right on track for the 80s. Um, and uh we're actually gonna be putting in a bid to reduce uh the size of goalie pads once again um to see if we can pepper home some more goals. Um now here's but, I mean here's... look at this this chart is important, right? Because I think it does prove that Lion um you know had a solid month. Um Rhymer actually wasn't awful right in November, <laughs> but so maybe crawling back a little bit in December, but you know, eyeball test, Matt. I it's 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 tough to totally pile on all of our goalies when there's so many blown assignments defensively. Um, there's yeah. at least two to three little league soccer plays where it feels like there's three or four Red Wings on the boards <laughs> watching the puck and not covering anybody on the goalies, um, you know, on the opposite side of the, the net. Um, so it, it definitely feels like our offense was in pretty good shape and we picked up Patrick Kane. Um, and it's still, you know, basically been humming along. Sure. We had a few games where we only scored, you know, a goal or none, but every team's going to go through a little swoon. Um, but we're still able to score, you know, comfortably when we win four goals, which is wild. It has to be for Iserman. God damn it. I, I, we have to find a way to bring in like an actual defenseman who can play 15 to 20 minutes and you know not not make it feel like our goalies on his own. So I I is again as important as this chart is to kind of put in perspective what our what our, our netminders been doing. It's uh I, I would say more bleak um defensively what we've been doing as a team.
0: Uh, Jared throws out there. It's uh, Ricard Groenberg. Oh, sure. we were, th- we were they, trying they, to think of before.
1: Thank you, Jared. God bless you. Um,
0: I, I do. We take a, a macro level look at this, and Danby says before the season, the Wings were always a coin toss to make the playoffs. Do we accept that as truth? And I, I would argue, and in, in Danby's Danby's point is maybe the correct way. Like, I, I, we've gone week after week asking for another move if this team was really something we were supposed to believe in. But maybe that's just it. Maybe we weren't we weren't supposed to believe in this. We were supposed to pull back and um, to which I mean, the question changes completely that there's there's the idea like, yes, we were a coin flip to make the playoffs. We don't wanna force too much here to, to get in because it's not that important to us. So then in reality, and this is this is where the hot takes start flying and people get angry. Then in reality, your general manager asks you to put up with one more shit season, <laughs> which is fine. He can ask us to do that, and we can all be patient and just twiddle our thumbs. But at, at what at what point do we start to trust that the moves will start coming in? At some point, your prospect pool will show that not every single guy in it is a full time NHLer for 20 years. Right? Right. Yeah, that's what happens for every single prospect pool in the mm. NHL since the NHL draft started. So you had opportunities to move some of those guys. And I would argue we haven't made too many big moves. We've traded some draft picks. Brought in to it, but not enough. So. So that's where the bigger think- question comes in. If this was supposed to be another ho-hum, let's see what happens season. And then what, what happens next with the draft? Pick in the 15s uh, and
1: the beans Based on um, this patient approach, a lack of movement, um, does that, to us, signal that Iserman thinks this is just a mental thing and it's just something the team has to figure out? Like that he doesn't feel an immediate need to, whoa, I better, you know, see what kind of goalies I can, you know, pluck off the waiver wire or see if I can actually trade for somebody, uh, you know, worth a darn yeah. Um, or see if I can, you know, swap one of these, you know, first or second round offensively uh, angled prospects for, you know, maybe somebody NHL ready to play defense. Um, You know, we haven't really seen that. So does that mean that he thinks that it's just, (sighs) like almost like a team chemistry thing. Like they just got to figure it out put their heads together because we've seen some stretches where they weren't completely God awful defensively. And I feel like that's when they were kind of taking more pucks, like blocking more shots. Um, It doesn't feel like that's a priority right now. It feels like uh kind of led by James Reimer's head. Um, let's try to get out of the way. Some of these pucks, they hurt.
0: And Jared throws out there. December was brutal playing a game every other day. Um, but I, 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 I don't disagree with that, but I think to the extent that your record got to and how bad you looked defensively, I, I wonder if it was more or less, you got exposed for what the real problems were on this team and not necessarily that the schedule was unfair. I, um, I would say team ready to go probably doesn't fall as as deep in the hole in the standings as we did. And maybe that's the point. That's part of the point, you know, like you're making Jared, like we would have been on a better track to kind of, you know, 500 our way, you know, into January, February. Um, if this weren't the case, but it was the case. And, And now we were exposed and we, we definitely couldn't handle that type of play. But, um, you know, we did, uh, you know it's that we had the injuries um but it just kind of seems like there's so many things like then it was the turnovers on uh on the power plays and giving up all these shorthanded goals it reminded me of uh the tigers in the 2006 finals and they just couldn't complete a pickoff throw to third base or any <laughs> do you remember that like that's uh-huh. what that reminded me of we had those couple of weeks and the tigers um and in the world series could not throw to third base just couldn't do it every time they attempted to third from from the pitcher's mound it would go into the stands and uh and that's what it felt like every time we turned the puck over on on the power play at the point and then it was a shorthanded goal and we just we would watch reimer give his best effort watch huso give his best effort but ultimately it was going to be a goal um so those kind of things kind of piled up and it, it does kind of seem like circumstantial but at some point like the law of averages and the circumstances you know break against each other and maybe that's maybe that's what the couple of wins was <laughs> and we were really just having that horde of a time that we still managed to find a couple wins in there but it it's something that has to be taken into account but You know, I'm just fearful that our next excuse is going to be like, Jared, what you brought up earlier, and I don't disagree. Um, Our next excuse is just going to be, well, January is super tough. It's like, yeah, but you had to play all these teams eventually. So these games (laughs) are going to happen either in January, February, March or April. So, I mean, like my opinion can change if we go through January and we play all these teams, not only tough, but we win. I wouldn't say that there were so many games where we were just completely out of it, uh, start to finish, that uh, you know I couldn't pay attention in the third period. That happened a few times, but it didn't happen every game. But, you know, winning team's going to win. Um, there was uh, another one uh, mentioned in here I, I-, I liked. Um, crimson thrown out there. The fact all the games we won are four goals and above is impressive offensively, but also very sad we need four game, four goals to win at all. And um you know, we're talking about you know, what what are the Red Wings' hopes uh for this year? Maybe maybe we'll get in the comments after the recording here. The hopes are that we we don't trade any draft picks or prospects <laughs> and we continue to see what goes on here. We don't our hope is that we don't feel the pressure to move into the playoffs. And why? I'll say this. This type of hockey doesn't really win Stanley Cups too often, does it? I think you could make the argument that the Golden Knights uh, had a balanced offense uh, that could score on you and droves, but um, there was a little bit more top end skill that could be counted
1: on. Yeah. I did want to touch uh, on uh, performance art saying even good teams have a hard schedule. That's a loser's mentality, Um, especially in hockey, because it's not the NFL. Right? Where the Lions this season are kind of taking advantage of the easier version of what their schedule is going to be like next year because they won so many games this year. Like the schedule gets redispersed and you play, you know, more difficult teams or teams that won a lot more games this season, next season. Uh, the NHL doesn't do that. You just you play everybody like two to four times. So you knew this was coming. There's no surprises. It's not like, oh man, we got extra games against, you know, like Buffalo or something. What was I mean, that? The-
0: Arguably surprised for Kane. He, huh. he came aboard and he looked at the schedule and was like, Ah, my hip, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is that Ronnie Dangerfield and uh Caddyshack? Oh, my arm. you know, it, <laughs> right. it's somebody else in here. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> Gotta get those eyeballs twirling. Yeah, um, I, th- I think i i think it would be fair right now to land on there isn't like a clear answer to this um right like i mean january could go really well i think we were looking at like mid-november and then all of a sudden we started bracking up good games against new york and uh in boston so um you know, maybe we're trying to define the whole season a little too early. Which there's people right now listening to the podcast uh, tomorrow and going, "Yes, exactly." What are you doing? Um, but that's what you know. What? God damn it! That's what this podcast is for—to uh, make hot takes that uh, get us in trouble in the long run. But ultimately, when we look back, we get to pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I think it, I, I think it's fair to say. Uh, there isn't a real answer to this right now, but I think, I think there's enough evidence that we're even saying back in October, Mike, like, you know, before we had Patrick Kane, like I was making the argument, like you don't just add Patrick Kane, you add Patrick Kane. And, you know, at the time, maybe a little tongue in cheek, quite a bit of honesty baked on top of bringing in Mr. Elias Patterson, obviously Vancouver's off to such a great start. They're not going to even sniff that trade. Um,
1: who says that no, was like um, that's yeah, Vancouver but that's where no twice, yeah.
0: But that's where we were at, right? Like, we we knew back then, we knew back in October, yeah, and Patrick Kane, sure, but you'd also have to do this. Uh, I don't think we were counting on as much offense as we got because we should have probably been playing that game with defensemen, but um, you know, maybe. Calgary's got a couple of guys that we can continue to explore and look at. I, I'm I'm less of a Chris Tane fan than uh, most, but um you know, I, I I challenge everyone to take a second beat and sniff around Noah Hannifin. Um, we have, uh, I think Jim mentioned in here again, like we have too many third pairing defensemen. So I think we we want to replace Jeff Petrie as fast as possible. But Noah Hannifin's going to be another left side defenseman. Um, but I don't think that hurts anything. I think you could still try and even out some of the pain here by adding in a Noah Hannafin who maybe not this season is showing the greatest of uh, possession statistics, but over multiple seasons, the last few years, he's he has been uh, at least in the top 75%. So I should, I should say he's right. Like, in how do you say that? You know what I'm saying? Positively top 75%. Like, there's only 25% above him. Does everybody understand? Am I saying that right? I'm not saying he's he's in the bottom 25. Okay, we get it. Mike's just nodding. It,
1: yeah.
0: All right. Well, <clears throat> here's the thing, y'all. Um, part of starting at seven o'clock today so the kids could fall asleep is that I also had to stop at around 7 40. And we're at 7 44 oh, no. So <laughs> um we're gonna we're gonna kind of bounce around real quick here to uh kind of wrapping up uh the episode but um i challenge y'all to uh join the discord follow along in the show description if you may uh, if you haven't joined the discord yet and uh let's continue the conversation there um let's talk about talk tonight we'll talk tomorrow if you you're joining on the podcast but let's let's talk about what your red wings 2024 hopes are is it uh a new goalie a new defenseman a combo or are you just hopeful nothing gets touched and we maybe block our way through some injuries across the field into the
1: playoffs. uh I would Matt I would just like us to stop making Simon Evanson drive around Beer City and let's bring him to grown-up city in Detroit um and give him a full-time job because I he does not make nearly enough mistakes to warrant his being far, far away on the West side of Michigan. He should be on the East side with the rest of us. Um, That's actually a really good
0: one. You could, uh, you could say your wish for 2024 is a full new pairing and Simon Edmondson and Axel gets brought over right away. Yeah, Yeah. that could be your 2024 wish. I'll allow it. Uh, Dan B says, happy new year. Happy new year, Dan B. Appreciate you coming aboard for this uh, earlier start. Uh, Performance arts wish. He wants to reset the whole rebuild. <laughs> Another eight years, baby. Good no, no yeah. And I'm the trade block for, 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 for performance art. Uh, Jim throws out there, agreed. We want a full new Swedish pairing. Let's do it, Jim. All right, guys. Thanks for coming aboard for such a short episode. Uh, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks when I return from my trip. Love y'all. Yeah. Happy New Year. And now we're going to uh, talk about so- the Royal
1: Rumble. I'm going to let Matt do it. <laughs> Woo! 'Cause I think the rock's gonna win this year, you guys. I'm sorry.
0: Oh yeah, the rock came back. Yep. Oh Blake,
1: it's... you're too late, bud. Alright, we'll see you it's later. Be...
0: <laughs> hey Blake. To <laughs> see ya. Alright, bye everybody.